0: with Shannon Davis. Welcome back we're, we're back with Brian Melvin For the second hour Brother Brian Before you continue Will you please give out Your contact information Okay
1: I'll give out My contact information B.W. Melvin I know that on the internet You can google my name And you'll find my book A Land Unknown Hell's Dominion I wrote a book About my experience Of seeing hell And by seeing hell The Lord granted me To see heaven also Which I'm writing another book On that and um, and so my contact information is afterhoursministries. It's all one word. com. It's afterhoursministries. Just how it sounds. com. You'll see a video of me teaching in the site under construction, and you know you got the right page. Or you can contact me by my email. It's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Melvin, M-E-L-V-I-N, number one at gmail.com. BrianMelvin1 at gmail.com. And send me a letter. If you feel the Holy Spirit on you and you're getting set free, send Brother Shannon a note too. Let us know how God's working in your life because I'm teaching you how to be free of these things. And brothers and sisters, like I said, that if you want to help support this ministry, help me to go out and do ministry work, um, collect donations, help support my book, please go to my website, afterhoursministries.com, and feel free to send a donation. There's no strings attached to that. It's all up to you. I don't believe in twisting people's arms. The Lord does supply. So that's my contact information. Anything else, Shannon, before we begin?
0: Let's continue. I think Jeremiah had something to say, but uh, he'll oh, hold comment until later. Make the babies cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here tonight, folks. Again, we're live with evangelist Brian Melvin. Brother, back to you. Okay.
1: Do you feel like darkness is knocking on your door? Do you feel hopeless? Like, who really cares? Do you feel flogged? have no value? Do you feel like you're reaching the end of your rope? You're searching for cures. You go after one diet after another. One self-help guru after another. You seek drugs and one broken relationship after another. Nothing is working for you. You try church and no one gets it. They don't understand what you see, shadow people in your house. And you have things that go bump, bump in the night. And nobody's there to help you. You try to tell the pastor our church, your problem, and all you get is those blank looks, those phony little fake smiles that people give, and be blessed, go in peace. You been there? Folks, I gotta tell you, we are in a spiritual war for our very lives, yet so many people in the church world simply ignore this fact. You have sons, and you have daughters, who are just little once little babies and tykes, Now they're growing up, and they walk in the house as a young teenager, and this is beyond just normal teenage mixed-up stuff. They come into your house, and you feel a dark, evil presence encroaching upon them and your house, and you feel utterly helpless, and nobody helps you. You want to get free? We're going to teach you that tonight. Then you have your own life issues and in fears. You have memories of trauma and ruminating thoughts of harm and catastrophe. There is good news. Jesus said he will not leave us orphans, that when we turn our lives over to him, he'll train us and give us the tools, the authority, the weapons, how to fight. And unfortunately, folks, so often... In the church world today, not all churches, but I've come into collusion, at least in northern Colorado where I live, there's so very few people in the modern church world that is even bothering to teach on spiritual warfare or demons. So the result is simple. People's lives, homes, families, and countries or towns are not in very good shape, are they? Read the newspaper. What's happening in your town when you're neck of the woods? There's a lot of abuse, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt going on, and nothing really being done about it. Nothing to be addressed. Turn on the TV, hear the minister give you a pep talk. That's about about it. Tell you it's okay. God wants your best, but you never taught. Never told how to get God's best. Never told that you need to clean your house. You never told how to keep the Word of God in your house. You're never told or taught how to pray and find Jesus. And how to pray the scriptures. You're never taught these things. You're taught pep talks instead. Jesus is not going to leave us orphans. He gave us the Holy Spirit. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. He owns us, folks. The truths of Isaiah... There in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, are ignored in the church. The Spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open the prison to those who are bound. That part is just totally ignored in the church, passed off, and you're hurting. Are you tired of it? Now, it's easy to hide behind smiley faces and slap somebody on the back like a pastor once did to a family that was going through a really tough time because their kids, their teenage kids, were bringing in dark stuff into the house. Things were falling off the wall, and things and light bulbs are suddenly burning out because this kid in there was bringing in stuff. And what did the pastor who came in the council said, oh, he's just going through a phase, don't worry about it, all kids go through this. Well, he had to do the kid's... Guess what? The kid shot himself in the head and died. Suicide. And the pastor had to do his funeral. How do you think that pastor felt? Do you want to avoid these issues and see people free? Hang tight. Listen, brothers and sisters. I got to tell you, Jesus, Jesus Christ is here. He did not leave us orphans. He gave us weapons of our warfare. It says it in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter ten, verse three. For we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. In other words, you keep your house filled up because you have weapons. The Lord gives you weapons of our warfare, not of the flesh. They are mighty in God because they're godly weapons. That word mighty is a comes from the word dunamis, the resurrection power. This is God's very power. He's going to equip you with spiritual weapons how to defeat the darkness encroaching upon you. How to overcome when darkness is knocking on your door. Would you like that, brothers and sisters of God? Tonight we're going to find out how to fight and overcome the darkness that's knocking on your door. Knocking on your city's door, knocking on your people's door, knocking on your town's door, knocking on this country's door. We're going to learn how to fight because the power is through God. He gives us mighty weapons. And the church, by and large, doesn't want to teach this because of the abuses out there. Forget the abuses. Let's learn what the real is. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to give you an illustration of what some of these weapons are tonight. This past January 31st in 2018, I was heading up to Eagle Butte, South Dakota, and the Lord began to engage me in in spiritual warfare. He gave me a weapon. I wasn't quite ready for this, and some people say, oh, Brian's gone off the deep end again. Well, I don't care what you think. But then this is how the Lord operates me. I get an invite to to go what I call going into the spirit, or go in the I was in the spirit on the Lord's day as John the Revelator would say the Lord's it's time to do battle drop what you're doing time to do war- do do warfare Brian I'm going to show you something I have to, and he's calling me to be in what I call being in the spirit an intercessor is out there and you know what I'm talking about you go in the spirit and I'm driving but, down the road, going toward Hot Springs, South Dakota, on a long stretch of road there, and doing 65 miles an hour. That's the speed limit in that section. There's no place to pull over. The Lord's going to take me. I'm, I'm going to go do this great spiritual battle, and I didn't know what to do. I said, Lord, I don't know. I'm driving down the road. There's no place to pull over. What do I do? And, and I like, kid you not, folks. I was driving down the road, 65 miles an hour, and just above my mirror, the Lord opened up. I saw Eagle Butte in the spirit. I saw this white owl brooding over the town with a bunch of little baby owls underneath of it. And it saw me coming. It didn't like me. That owl represented the head demonic spirit over that reservation. And the Lord said, draw your sword. I said, boy, you know, by faith, I'm driving down the road, I pull over and pull out a... By faith, take a sword up. And the Lord directed me with his might, his power, where to stab that thing. Okay? This sounds weird to people. But our weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are mighty in God, because he directs you what to do. And and by faith, it gave that owl a mortal wound. Now, what is the owl? What is a white owl? This owl was ugly. It was a white owl. It had a little blue streaks on its face. And the top of its head, it was brown, black, and white. In other words, all those colors symbolize something. The the devil comes as an angel of light, promising great things, right? White, redemption, promise you all the stuff if you just follow it. And the red, reddish-brown represents humanity. Black means death. The blue streaks, false religion, false heaven, false things, it's over there, and it's the owl in the Native of folks. You know what it means. It's the owl of death. It was over the reservation, hatching a bunch of chicks that are going to go out and all over the place. So the Lord took me in the spirit. I'm driving down the road. I, anybody saw me, so I think I'm crazy. I'm perfectly normal and cognizant. I'm driving 65 miles an hour down the road My faith. I take out a sword and I go, okay, what do I do, Lord? Thrust it here. I was there in the spirit and put my spirit in there and gave that thing a mortal womb it will not recover from because the Lord's power drove it home. Not Amen. me. The Lord, folks. And, I'm, and I just come back from Eagle Butte. Brother Drone will be here next week. You'll find out more what's happening up there. It's got a mortal womb. It's not over your reservation. But as I was coming back, there was something lurking in the brush. It was a spider and a viper that was lurking about. So I got up to Eagle Butte a few hours later, got up there, got settled in where I was going to stay, and I asked the Lord, what about the spider and viper that I saw lurking? And I knew it was lurking in the bushes, but I couldn't really see them. Well, God speaks to us in many ways, by a way of knowing, a gut feeling, a dream, a vision, a leading. These are all weapons of our warfare that are not carnal. They're His weapons. His might. He's directing you. That's how he showed me. It was time to do spiritual warfare, so I got on my knees up there and started praying and started seeking God about, you know, we took care of the ruling principality, as Ephesians chapter 6.12 says. You know what Ephesians chapter 6.12 says? For we... Do, for we well, I'm not going to get my right translation. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Apostle Paul knew this stuff. Most pastors and churches don't. You got a ruling principality and power over a community, over a people, over a family, over your kid. They're demonizing them, folks. And you have. Because wrestle, you you go to war against these things. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down these strongholds of the enemy. So the light of God can flood in and clean out the place. Get rid of the snakes and the vipers and the owls in your life. And he shows you through the symbols. The Lord uses symbols to hone our weapons in. And to because the symbols like the owl, the viper, and and the spider represent the real problem, the real spiritual entities that are controlling the place. Lord, opens your eyes to them, and you do battle against them. The Bible calls devils and demons and fallen angels are like roaring lions. He calls them wolves. He calls them snakes. He calls them scorpions, because they are vicious. Predators and hunters and ambushers, like the leopard or the cheetah, vicious. They look for the weak, the young, to take out. They look for the people on the fringe to take out. They try to climb over the wall because your house is empty and they take things from you. They're vicious. They're mean. They want to destroy you. When the Lord, one of the weapons he uses, he reveals something about the enemy through visions and dreams, through a word of knowledge, a gut feeling, a call to prayer. You can't help it. You gotta pray and you pray all night. Those are spiritual weapons of our warfare. Let me tell you about the owl spirit. The owl spirit is the death spirit. It lives in darkness. It swoops down and steals the young and the old away. It brings death into relationships. It divides people. and keeps folks in darkness. It treats peoples as varmints to keep feeding their young off of. It promotes a religion of death and so that you live amongst the tombs. That I means you live amongst the tombs. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus gives the story of Legion. Legion was a controlling spirit over a region, an area, and that demonized man had a demon, folks, I'm telling you, and his name was Legion, and there was many in him, folks, and he dwelt amongst the tombs. He um, dwelt amongst the, the tombs, get it? He lived in a cemetery. Most people live their lives in a cemetery. <laughs> and They don't even know it. They're always ruminating about how they've been hurt in the past, the wombs of the past, and the traumas of the past. They never get past that. They ruminate on it. It keeps your mind focused on the tombs. It's also false religions. Have you do what they call grave soak, where you soak up the anointing of a dead person. That's the occult. This person is involved in legion, was involved in a false religions system. Guess what? The owl represents you know in the bohemian grove in the redwoods of california they have a great owl set up and they by they sacrifice the straw FSG called care the child care to slay the cares of the world on that owl is known in ancient canaan religion as moloch you got a lot of death going on there you have a lot of your young dying and suicide you got an owl buddy over your family. It's time to get rid of it. I'm gonna teach you how. The White Owl has is the owl of death. It has helpers to help trap and possess its prey. And they are the spider spirit. Who is the spider spirit? The spider spirit, if you really know, you check this out because all the pagan religions are the same. Yeah, Moloch. You have the spider spirit, which is Ishtar. How many know who Ishtar is? The Bible calls Ishtar the Whore of Babylon, okay? Just saying. Well, what does the spider do? It weaves beautiful webs and plays tricks on a person in order to catch and devour people, to be enslaved, to seek after beauty, to seek after fame, to seek after renown. The spider makes war and divides people divides family, it creates family feuds, where the spider is there's going to be a ton of family feuds and people fighting each other for generations they don't even know why they're fighting my cousin's lost uncle uh, four times removed, who lived 300 years ago, stole a piece of bread from you and they and where we're fighting over is the stolen piece of bread and we're killing each other for something done, because the spider keeps you from forgiving them because it makes it beautiful to keep fighting. It makes it beautiful to seek beauty, fame, and renown. It makes you look it's okay to wage war. It gives you it makes you self-glorious so you can rule your own kingdom like a king and war with anybody who stops you. That's how the spider spirit works. And there are viper spirits where well, there are many viper spirits. The devil is called a viper. There's also another viper called uh, Apollo, the sun god. I'm just saying, folks. He's a python, a python spirit. If you know what I'm talking about, that's fine. If you don't, get in your Bible, do some research, and find out what I'm talking about. A viper spirits, well, they choke the life out of you. They seek to possess your finances. They poison your relationships. They possess you with thoughts of revenge, bitterness, and control. They possess you by charming folk with false religions and rituals to manipulate the gods to do your bidding of revenge and bitterness. Jesus called the Pharisees and scribes, you brood of vipers. They were plotting to kill Jesus. So the white owl of death has helpers and the spider teaches the Set you up to follow a fake religious system of the owl of death and the viper helps carry that false religious system out to manipulate gods to do your bidding of revenge and get your gets with God. Oh boy, I go to preach on that, but I got we got to stay on track, folks. These three work together over an area, over a family, over a city, over a community, over a home to own it. Hear me now. If you're a Christian, the devil can't own you, but he can sure own things in your house, your life. And the good news is that God actually owns the cattle of a thousand hills and owns everything. When you're with the Lord, you defeat these things. They want to control your possessions and keep you away from the Lord of Hosts who frees you from these things by keeping you in a false religious system. So that's what they do. The white owl of death, the white owl of death seeks to capture you and your family in its talons of darkness, and it feeds off of fear and it feeds off of fear. And its brood of owl minions travel wide and far, spreading death and fear everywhere they go. It seeks to control and dominate and beat up people. There's a lot of abuse there in a place where the owl is overruling. He's the head principality of darkness over the region. They inflate people with pride. The white owl is, is the abuser of your soul. A manipulator who plays a sad song so you keep falling for it. How many of you ladies out there, you keep meeting the wrong guy, play a sad song? Tired of it? You getting any idea what I'm saying? It plays on your emotions to possess them, to control them, to demonize them so you keep doing what you do. It does not recognize you as a human being. It makes you are a varmint, something to feed off of. You're, it, it makes you feed off of worthlessness. You live self-sabotaging life. It toys with you to seek attention in all the wrong places. You know that song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places? That's what it'll do to you. And always death, no matter what you try. It's over families, nations, and people. And people and family and nations refuse to recognize you as a human being because the owl does not recognize you as a human being created in God's image with worth, dignity, a promise, a future, and a hope. It looks as you as food. You ever felt like a non-being, a non-person because of the trauma you received in life? The owl. You say, others deserve success, but I don't. This family doesn't deserve it either. I deserve the worst. So you find the woman or the man who will give you the worst. Repeating cycles. Am I talking to anybody here? Am I talking sense to anybody? You try to improve and the family or the nation or the person pulls you down and talks you out of it. And then you end up doing the same for yourself. I'll never amount to anything. I better just stay here and get drunk with everybody else you tired of it? That's the owl. The spider spirit creeps in to possess others and to control them with things designed to look good, like this looks cool, it's beautiful. You need more makeup. You don't need just little makeup. You need $500 worth of makeup and you only bring in $1,500 a month. I mean, you're going to look beautiful. You know, grab all the gusto. Look beautiful. Look great. If you dress right and you look great, You'll be a success. It sells you a game. Why? Because if you look good and successful, you can rage war against your enemies. It makes it look good and cool to be robbed. It makes it look good and it's okay that you're always taken from. So it always tells you it's okay to get wasted. That's cool. That's what the spider does. It spins a web that catches its prey makes things look beautify, it beautifies things, it makes it look beautiful, it makes, it, it makes you justified to do evil. Oh, it's okay, no one will catch me. It lies in wait, watching and calling you into its web of beauty and deception by tricks trick your soul. When it possesses, when it comes into you, when it becomes, when it demonizes you and begins to control you, it wraps you up in a cocoon and it sucks the life out of you slowly. Spiders wrap their prey in a cocoon in their web and they sink their fangs in them and suck the life dry out of them slowly. You die a slow death. and you seek a slow death seeking to consume bigger thrills or more doom and gloom and you never find freedom. Is that you? It entices you with religious rituals and forms and rules to follow and sets you up for the viper. Well, the viper is a snake, rattlesnake. It hypnotizes its prey. I used to kill snakes, folks water moccasins when I was fishing back east, you know, they come up out of the water and new things come at you and they're going back and forth, if you're watching them they'll strike you before you know it and you gotta have a club in your hand, take that thing out I don't care what the Audubon Society or the animal lovers say that snake is gonna cause you harm, kill you, you gotta kill it first lies in ambush, it lurks, it's sneaky, it's a hunter of souls the poison it brings it decay's relation, it, decay, it brings decay, it decays your relationships. It rots your life out. It uses religion taught by the spider to deceive you even further. It charms and speaks with lies. The devil was a serpent in the garden, remember? With lies to be like God. It justifies that it's okay to sin. It's okay to wallow in mire. It chokes people with jealousy, bitterness. It steals finances and blessings. Tell it, controls them, and makes your heart dark. The owl destroys, the spider robs, and the viper ruins your life. Jesus says the enemy, the devil, comes to rob, kill, and destroy while the owl destroys, the spider robs, and the viper ruins your life. Murders it. That's the work of the devil and his demonic menus. And the amazing thing is that these three things working together trains people to be enforcers of their darkness over an, a region or an area, to be abusers, it teaches you it's okay to abandon, neglect somebody, despise someone, to be mocking, to be cruel, to live a life of drunkenness and drug addiction. How? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 Well, actually, 4 through 6 reveals how. So I'm just going to read one verse. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe least the light of the glory of, of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. It, what? They blind you to the one sent to rescue you, Jesus Christ. They do everything in their power to keep you away from him by false religions that keep you away from the freedom you crave. Are you tired of living in bitterness and unforgiveness? What good is it? Are you tired of of being defeated and always finding the wrong people to hang out with? Are you tired of having your finances robbed from you? Are you tired of it, folks? Are you tired of the owl? Are you tired of the spider? Are you tired of the viper that's attacking you? Let's get free of it. Isaiah chapter 59 is a long passage, but it says in verse 1 through 15 here, and I can't read the whole thing for the sake of time, but it begins with, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is ear heavy that it cannot hear. The Lord Jesus Christ is near you. The time is now for salvation, folks, but there's something that prevents you from receiving that salvation. And Isaiah 59 verses 2 to 15 talk about the work of the viper and the spider and the owl. Don't believe me? Let's read. Why can't you find the salvation? Well, it says in verse 2, but your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that the Lord cannot hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perversity. Why? Look at, look at where you live and ask these questions. No one calls for justice, nor does anyone plead for truth. They trust in empty words, and they speak lies, and they conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. Look at this, verse 5 through 7. They hatch viper eggs, and weave spider webs. He who eats their eggs dies, and from what that is crushed, a viper breaks out. Their web will not become garments. The spider, when he promises all this beauty and and, and glory, but guess what? Your garments will not be glorious. Nor would they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and acts of violence is in their hands. What's going on in this country, your town, your community? Their feet run to evil. They make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are their path. The owl, the viper, and the spider's spirits keep you running. You are the enforcers to run to evil. And you give no hope, no justice, and so kids go, there's no hope, let's end it. Let's repent of that, folks. Wasting the destruction are in their path. The way of peace they have not known. There's no justice in their ways. They have made themselves crooked paths. Whoever takes what they takes away shall not know peace. In other words, whoever steals will not know peace. There's a lot of theft going on up there. In those places that are controlled by these things. How's your city? How's your kids? When they come in at night, are they all dark? Do you feel a presence? Hmm. Therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness. We want brightness. We want God's glory, but we walk in blackness. We walk in darkness. We grope in the wall like a blind. And we grope as if we had no eyes, yet we see. And we stumble at noon days as it was at the dark of night. We are as dead men in desolate places. We growl like bears and moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none, for salvation is far from us. We growl like bears at each other. We tear each other apart, but we act like doves, going, Oh, woe is me, oh, woe is me. Right? Right? My I talking to the right people? You want to be free from this stuff? I want to tell you why. This is, this is a hard message, but freedom is coming. Jesus is coming. And freedom is coming. Hang on. For our transgressions are multiplied before you and our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us. As for our iniquities, we know them. Here you got all these pastors telling you how wonderful you are, but you know your life's a mess. You know you gamble. You know you're in pornography. You know you beat. You know you mock. You know you're in the gall of bitterness. Your life is not wonderful. You know the truth. You know you speak oppression and revolt revolt and rebellion. You you're in the midst of falsehood. And by that, justice is turned back, and righteousness stands afar off, for truth has fallen in the street, and equity, justice, cannot enter. So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself pray. You know why? Well, you can't leave us. We're going to attack you. Then the Lord saw and dis- displeased him that there was no justice Verse 16 and 17, And he saw there was no man, and wondered why there was no intercessor. Therefore his own arm brought salvation for him, and his own righteousness it sustained him. For he will put on righteousness, righteousness as a breastplate, and a helmet of salvation on his head. He will put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad in his zeal as with a cloak. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about the armor of God. Weapons over warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. The weapons belong to God. It's God's armor. Be in God. Have your house, brothers and sisters. Have your house filled with the presence of God. Know who He is. Get to know Him. Keep in the Word of God, folks. He's your deliverer. He's going to bring the justice and righteousness, and he's going to show you how to do it, folks of God. I'm telling you, we can fight. We can fight. Jesus came to set people free. Listen to what he did. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. He wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to to us. He's taken them out of the way and nailed them to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. By the power of the cross of Christ, he defeated all the works of darkness. He exposed them for killing and robbing and bringing no justice and making you the enforcers of darkness in your home, in your city, in your community." And the demons have to bow down and and flee when they see the cross being raised up, brothers and sisters of God. I'm telling you the truth here. See, the owl and the spider and the vipers have written codes to live by, don't they? You just thought this verse might be just applying only about the, the Old Testament law of commandments of do this and do that? To be right with God, it includes that, but it also includes all uh, the writings and laws and regulations the devil writes for you live by, and you live by those very well. I will steal whatever I want to. I will bear false witness to, so I can get out of a jam. Yes, I will not honor God with my possessions. Yes, yes, you, yeah, that's, a, that's a, the devil getting you to break God's commandments, God's laws, by having you right, go through the devil's commandments. You will commit adultery. You will have sexual immorality in your life. It's okay. You justify it. And you wonder why there's no justice in this street and the planes are falling apart and kids are killing themselves. Jesus wiped out those written requirements of the law over a city by the shed blood of Jesus Christ upon that cross. So let's get to brass tacks. And learn how to be free, brothers and sisters of God. You ready? I want to teach you how to do this. It says in Second Corinthians chapter four or five, "We do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord in ourselves." Our bondservants for Jesus' sake, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give us light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who believes in me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. His light is a weapon. It breaks darkness over you. It gives you life, as he said in John ten ten. Whom, who the sun sets free is free indeed that's John chapter 8 verse 36 sorry in John 10 10 the thief comes to rob kill and destroy but Jesus said be a good cheer I have come to give you life and life abundantly no longer controlled by the owl the spiders the viper spirit and grant you the authority over them how did Jesus do that he did what we could not he broke what the enemy has in common with you the enemy who has in common with us because he wounds our soul and our heart so we are easily under the sway of the evil one and we do injustice and falsehood and God remains far from us until he sends the redeemer, sends the evangelist the prophet, the apostle the pastor, the teacher your friend to come to you and wake you up to set you free. He broke what what humanity has in common with the devil, sin and rebellion. In common means they rule, they control you. They seek to to control your finances, your land, your people, your city, with destruction of life, with robbery. They rule in your life. They murder your life. They make the heart dark and dull. Legion said to Jesus in Mark chapter 5, what do you have to do with us, Jesus? Meaning, What do you have to do with us? That means, do you have any... We have have nothing in common, Jesus. Why are you here? And Jesus said, come out of him, you unclean spirit. When the heart is dark, you have something in common with the devils that control you. The sins wound the heart and causes us to have something in common with them, the, the owl, the spider, and the vipers. Sin, trauma, abuse, being neglected never being able to forgive the hurt and the pain you suffered from those people wounds the soul so the devil has something in common to land on you to break into your house to steal everything you own and keep you in darkness you just gave a legal right to come in you're living by his rules and his regulations there's only one rule and regulation God has now to love the Lord thy God with all thy strength, soul and might and love your neighbor as yourself I rather live by one simple rule that changed my life and that teaches me how to live right before Him and before God and man than to try to live by the devil's rules and regulations that are destroying my life. How's it working for you? When you have something in common with the ways of these invaders, you're controlled by the lust of the flesh, by the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh You just want anything to consume on yourself. The lust of the eyes teaches you uh, everything looks good and cool. I can do it. It justifies you. It represents knowledge, being enlightened with knowledge that you can be your own God, call your own shots. They ain't working for you, is it? The pride of life is total arrogance to misuse the gift of life that God gave you for your own things. How arrogant to misuse what God has given you. Jesus broke what we have in common. Jesus said he had nothing in common with the devil in John chapter fourteen, verse thirty. He says the, the enemy of the world, the ruler of this world, is coming after me, but he has nothing in common with me. We're called to walk as he does. We're called to walk as Jesus did. In First John chapter two, verse six, says that we're to walk as he did. In Matthew chapter five, verse fourteen, it says, "His, we are the light of the world." He causes the light of the world, We are his people called out of darkness to reflect his light, his character of justice, mercy, truth, righteousness. In John chapter 12, verse 31, Jesus cast out the ruler of darkness, because the devil don't own you when you're a Christian. Why do you let the devil keep entering your house? These are invaders deceiving you that they have a right to govern you. Christian, they don't. When you become born again, you're owned by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I gotta say, right now, if you are unsaved, you don't know who Jesus are, you don't stand a chance. You need to become born again. And I'm gonna tell you how in a minute. So hang tight. Keep listening, because we're going to get you saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and start defeating the darkness in your life. Because you're listening here, drawn here, dragged here, because the Lord wants to set you free. So how do we stop this cycle? I want to teach you how now. As I said before in the last message, you fill your house with the Word of God every day. You memorize it. You'll have Bible studies. You'll go verse by verse and ask the Lord to show you what this means. And as I said last time, you hang close to the shepherd in prayer. As you read and pray to know him more, you learn how to hang tight with Jesus and get as close to the shepherd as you want because he has the club that keep the demons away. You don't forget these steps. Well, remember, I don't want you to forget what I taught last time, the other steps. Do you, do you recall what they were? They're the power of the blood, the resurrection power. And I'm going to throw in one more, the cross. The power of the cross. Now what is he talking about? There he goes. He's going to teach that bloody religion again. <laughs> if you're in England, I'm sorry, in the UK. I didn't mean that as any derogatory thing, but I'm just telling you. People don't want to hear about the blood of Jesus because It's powerful. They want to hear about the resurrection power. The devil wants to keep you blind to it, to abide by its, the devil's rules and not God's. And he doesn't want you to know about the power of the cross. He wants you to keep these things to separate. You study these separately, but you never put them together in a tight fist. that will keep your house filled with the Word of God and knowing Jesus. So let me explain how this operates you by faith apply the power of the blood of Jesus. In fact, first Peter chapter one verse two mentions that we be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. Folks, in the Old Testament it teaches in the book of Leviticus that the blood was used to atone and forgive sins. It was also used to cleanse the temple. When Peter was saying let it be sprinkled with the blood, it's for cleansing the temple. You are the temple of the living God. It was used to sanctify it and make it holy. It was used to bring peace, wholeness, and sound, soundness between people, binding, binding them, connecting them together in a covenant. The blood of Christ brings us peace with us and God. It brings peace with our neighbor. It teaches us to forgive. The blood of Jesus cleanses our temple. It forgives our sins. And we got to apply it. People say, well, I prayed the prayer once. But man, you're walking along in a dirty world. You're getting dirty and bitterness and unforgiveness is always going to knock on your door. Why do you keep letting it in? I want to tell you, you got to wash in the blood. You got to apply the power of the blood by faith. By faith, we apply the power of the shed-blooded Jesus to forgive us, to heal us, to cleanse us, to bring peace and soundness between people by means of a simple prayer that we are going to do in a minute in more detail. By faith, next, we raise the power of the cross of Jesus up over yourself, your friends, your family, the very area you live, over a demonic portal, reminding the powers of darkness Jesus broke your rule you have no power here devils can't stand to look at the cross of Christ or be reminded they were made a public spectacle of them, how they deceive people how they abuse people how they teach people to betray how they teach people these things they are totally exposed you have by faith raised the cross of Christ I'm going to teach you that how to do that in a minute As it says in Colossians 2 chapter 2 verse 15 he disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it on that cross. Brothers and sisters of God the last thing you do is you call on the power of God the very resurrection of power of God in you. That Holy Spirit power in you you call upon it. You see when you get born again you get the Holy Spirit inside of you. Paul writes to Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you. What is he talking about? It's the Holy Spirit, resurrection power in you. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He will quicken your mortal bodies. Isn't that right? In fact, Paul was so sure about this, he even prayed about it for everybody in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 19. I'm going to read this to you. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. I'm going to stop there. That's keeping your house filled, because increasing in the knowledge and the revelation, the wisdom of God, knowing God, being knowing your shepherd, isn't that smart? Isn't Paul smart. Aren't we dumb? Don't answer that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance of the saints. I want to stop there and expound a little bit. When you get born again, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? He gives you access and authority to cast out demons, exercise spiritual gifts, to have dreams and visions and, and move in the ways of God like you never had before. But if you leave your house empty, the devil comes in and takes those things. You tired of it? Let's listen to the solution to all this. Paul prays next. Verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and that every name that is named and not only in this age but what that which is to come basically going to bow their knee to Jesus. Listen to what he says, the exceeding greatness of his power, his dunamis toward us who believe according to working his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead. Paul is pray, praying that you get the dose of resurrection power that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that mighty dunamis power that worked in Jesus to set you free. Brothers and sisters of God, would you like that? Well, we know about applying the blood of Jesus if you're in charismatic or Pentecostal circles, and even Baptist circles nowadays. Praise God for the Baptists. They're getting it. Hallelujah. You know how to apply the blood of Jesus. That's all you do, but you don't raise the cross, and you don't access and and stir up the gift inside of you, the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you right now. Think about it. What the word here used is dunamis the resurrection power, dunamis in the Greek Thayer's Greek dictionary gives you a pretty decent definition of what dunamis is, that's where we get the word dynamite people go, oh yeah, you're going to explode for God well, dunamis means more than you will just explode for God, the devil will love for you to explode for God because you won't do anything for God if you explode it's a dumb meaning, but actually the word dunamis means this out of the Thayer it means a mighty miraculous power, then it gives you a whole list of things of a mighty miraculous power for, and I'll concentrate on a, on a few. A mighty miraculous power to create moral virtue in you. That means give you a moral compass to know right and wrong and give you discernment. Mighty miraculous power, because you lack knowing right and wrong and how to get out of your jam and what to do. And the mighty miraculous dunamis of God will give you moral compass and direction and how to stay on the straight and narrow, and always how to get back on track through the blood of Christ. And next, it means excellence of soul. And you expound that a little bit more in some other dictionaries I looked up. Excellence of soul simply means to make your soul healed up, sound. You're a sound mind. You're sober-minded. You're healed up. You become whole. You're a whole person. You're wholly united to the Lord to reflect His light on this earth. You're the light of the world, the Bible says. That's what Jesus said. When you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, you become a flaming torch for the Lord because the Holy Spirit's in you. But guess what? Most people don't even access or try to stir up the gift in them with the resurrection power. But Paul was praying that you do. Come on now. Why don't we do what the Word says? The most powerful thing that dunamis does is it heals the heart and the soul from having anything in common with the enemy. It shuts the, the wombs up so the enemy is no longer attracted to eat your lunch. Like I told up on the reservation, the devil loves to steal your lunch, robs you of your dinner and makes you eat dirt for breakfast. And the reason why that is, is because you've got a wound in your heart, but the dunamis resurrection power gets, raises you up out of death.
0: 90 seconds.
1: To make, your, to make your heart, soul, an excellent means you're at peace with God. You're always maturing in Christ. And this stops the devil in your life from landing on you and keeps you from... that keeps you always running back to sin. You activate this by asking the Lord Jesus Christ for the Holy Spirit. Now yeah, you're born again and saved, but you got to stir up the gift inside of you. And Jesus said to ask, seek and knock for the Holy Spirit. His resurrection power raises us up out of our ash heap, and we, and we overcome folks. You don't stop with the blood of Jesus. You raise the cross too, and you ask for the resurrection power to stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit in you to heal your heart wounds so the devil stops landing on you. Let's do that now, right now, if you want to be free. First, you need to be born again. I'm going to ask, if you're not born again, to say this simple prayer and say, Father, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I made many mistakes. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and transgressions. I don't know a lot, but give me this resurrection power. And guide me the rest of my days. And teach me more about you. Just pray that. I ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be made born again in your spirit so I can shine your light. Teach me how. In Jesus' name. It's a simple salvation prayer, folks, but I want to make sure everybody listening understands this because this only works for Christians. If you just got prayed that prayer or ask God to forgive you of your sins... You're now ready to get set free. I want you right now to think of your bondage. You focus on that trauma, the abuse, the neglect, the hardship you've been through, the wound, the bitterness, the root cause of it. Who did what to you when? I want you to remember those folks. I want you to look in your family life and see if there's any repeating patterns of drunkenness, abuse, neglect, lying, cheating, stealing, drinking blood, animal sacrifices. Just, just think. Just go back. I want you to focus on any bitterness you may have as we begin to pray together. I'm going to pray real slowly now. I want you to pray this because we're going to go in more detail. Now you understand about the power of the blood, about raising the cross, and about the resurrection power and how to be the light of the world now. Because this is going to light you up, folks. I'm telling you, this prayer is powerful. I want you to repeat after me and pray these things. And then you modify these three things. The blood, the cross, and the resurrection power. Combining that with studying the Bible all the time and praying to be close to Jesus, you have uh, five things that give you the revelation of how to be free, brothers and sisters of God. The revelation of God's grace and how to how to be free. So let's pray. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Shed for me to forgive, cleanse and heal me. Make me sound. So by faith, I ask by the power of the blood of Jesus to forgive all who hurt me, stop, think about who hurt you, I have trouble forgiving they hurt me I ask to be released of the bitterness and the pain and the shame that binds me to unforgiveness I ask you, Lord Jesus, to wash me in the blood to forgive everyone I hurt, for I I have spread it around. I ask you, Lord Jesus, by the power of the blood release me from my sins and the sins of my family line that follow me And by your blood that's washing me and cleansing me inside and out now, I ask to be free and cleansed of my shame, my wounds, my trauma. I ask you to wash me. I ask for your blood to wash over me and grant me peace of mind. Just lay your hand on your head, your heart, raise your hand right now. Just let the blood, I'm feeling the blood of Jesus washing all over me right now. Just feel it. Just feel it. I know you're feeling things, folks. I know you're feeling it. Keep praying. Heavenly Father, I ask that the gift of God that you gave the Holy Spirit that is is inside me be stirred up. I'm calling on the resurrection power. To give me moral clarity. To know right from wrong. To know how to walk. And how to always find my way back to you. To be washed by your blood. When I need it. I ask for your resurrection power to be stirred up in me. To raise me up out of my ash sheep. And raise me up out of this death. You're feeling it. I know you are. I can feel it. Keep praying, folks. Think about it. Follow me some more. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your resurrection power. It is making my soul excellent. It is making my soul sound. Your resurrection power is shutting off all. works of the devil in my life I ask that the gift of God the Holy Spirit stir me up with his resurrection power heal my soul make my soul excellent and sound so I no longer have anything in common with the devil with the white owl of death with that spider spirit with that with the vipers with wolves with the foul beast that seek my soul I ask to be made excellent of soul by your resurrection power stir that gift up in me right now I'm excellent of soul I am sound of mind I'm sound of heart fill me Lord block off and seal the works of the enemy out of my life. Stir up this gift, Lord. I ask for the Holy Spirit to forgive me by the blood of Jesus. I ask by the power of the Holy Spirit to be stirred up in the resurrection power to find new life. The devil has stolen my health made me sick the devil has made my mind sick the devil has destroyed my life that's why I'm calling on the resurrection power right now to heal my soul tell me how to get out of this mess, I need that moral compass and I no longer have anything in common with the enemy because you heal my soul, you made my soul sound whole, excellent Sit there for a second. I know some of you are feeling it. I know you, I'm sure you're sure feeling it. I want you to pray after me this one last thing. I ask Lord Jesus, I now by faith I'm lifting up the cross of Jesus, who was betrayed, who was mocked, who was spit upon, who was abandoned by his friends, who was lied to, who was made to carry heavy burdens, who he cannot bear who was spat upon, who was abused and beaten uh, and put upon a cross and crucified. I raise up the cross of Christ and remind the devils of hell. You don't own me. I'm owned by Jesus who died for me to set me free from you. So I command you In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came and destroyed all the works of the devil, to release my family, release me, release my town, release me from the clutches of the predators, Tory spirits. Look at the cross. You're a public spectacle. Release me now in the name of Jesus. I command you by the blood of Jesus and by the resurrection power in me right now. Look upon the cross. Destroy me no more. Out now in the name of Jesus. You leave my children alone. I have the cross of Christ. And the cross of Christ is exposing your works to my child now. To my husband. To my wife. Now. So they will come to you and repent. Your power by the cross is broken. I raise it up. And I ask for the glory light of Jesus to shine in me. So I reflect the character traits of God. His goodness, his grace, his mercy, and his love. Because I have been set free from you. I command you in the, in the name of Jesus. Bug off. In Jesus' name, I'm going to pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now as people are praying the prayer. I ask you to stir up the gift in them. Raise them up out of their ash heap with the resurrection power. Wash away their sins and transgressions. Make sure they have nothing in common with the enemy. And Lord, I raise the cross up over everyone listening in Jesus' name. The devil, you have no power over them. You've been found out what you do. And Isaiah 59 there describes it well. There's no justice anymore. There's because of you. We're tired of it. We're tired of seeing our kids destroyed. We raise the cross of Christ who expose you for who and what you are. Out. Leave us now in Jesus' name. Brothers and sisters of God, I know that's heavy. I know I kind of went over time, but there's a lot here. But, brothers and sisters of God, just read, just listen to the message again when you get it on SoundCloud or YouTube. Tell your friends about it. Pray that prayer. Develop it yourself every day. Don't let your house, your temple become empty. Keep it filled with the Word of God. Get to know the Shepherd. Always wash yourself in the blood of Jesus every day by the power of the blood. Always raise the cross over your family and over yourself. And always stir up the gift that God gave you, the Holy Spirit, that resurrection power, just as Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 there. Well, that's it, folks. I know some of you are probably weeping and crying. I know that some of people have things left off of them. We prayed this in Eagle Butte on a Friday night when I taught on this same thing. People got free. I asked a couple of them, do you feel anything? I go, yeah, man, I feel it gone. I feel it gone. And Brother Jerome can tell you all the things that are happening up there better than I can. He'll be here next week. Probably he
0: won't be as long-winded as I am. <laughs>
1: My brother, brothers great. and sisters of God, amen. Brother, i am turning it back over to, Sh- to Shannon.
0: Great teaching tonight before we close, give out your website. How can people reach you?
1: They can reach me at afterhoursministries.com. It's all one word afterhoursministries. That's plural ministries.com. And um, there's a contact page. If you want to help support this ministry, please do, because I need to raise money to continue to get my books published. I uh, got the um, the money that came in. I was able. Bless God. Thank you guys for supporting me. I'm pouring Ask God to Pour Out Abundant Blessings. I was able to get the, um, we're in the process of getting the Kindle version out. So everybody can read, In the entire world can read A Land Unknown, Hell's Dominion. It's just not Fantastic. a book about... Hell, it's about how to
0: be free from Hell. <laughs> Folks, that's going <laughs> to be I'll awesome. That at that. You've got to get the book and then, AfterHoursMinistries.com What else were we you yeah, going to say? And,
1: and then you can go to my website too I mean, not my website, but my email address is BrianMelvin1 at gmail.com It's B-R-Y-A-N M-E-L-V-I-N at gmail uh, BrianMelvin1 at gmail.com Send me a note if you got free if you're still getting free and you're feeling really free and clean and something left off of you Let Shannon know
0: give me a word Praise God my brother. We love and appreciate you Excellent message folks. We'll have this up in the archives here in just a bit Brother Brian. We'll see you next time my friend All right. We'll see you next time. God bless you brother next week Same time. next week's same 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 time
1: same back channel.
0: (laughs) See you then See you then Folks, I'm saving this. We're going to have Harry Cooper on next. Stand by. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name.